welcome or welcome back to the Our Flagging and Sweat Again podcast, where I explain, analyze, and critique HBO Max's hit show, Our Flagging and Step, created by David Jenkins. My name is Courtney, and in this episode, I'll be discussing the third episode of season two, titled The Innkeeper, aka Ed is still going through it, this man can never catch a break, written by Alyssa Lane and Alex Sherman, and directed by Andrew DeYoung. This episode opening up with the image of fire and closing up with the image of water. Wow. Cinema. Like, not to sound like an art snob, but the way fire and water are two elements that are literally the opposite of each other. You know, they don't go together. But they have similarities. Like, they both represent rebirth. So this fire represents starting anew. You know, even though they're on a raid right now with Zhang's crew, but it's literally the start of a new era for them because literally after they go back to the ship, they find out that the revenge is right there next to them. So going from this to Ed, you know, drowning in the water near the end of the episode and then swimming back up, choosing to live again, starting over, a new life, rebirth, life, water, fire. I don't know. They kind of did their thing with that one. Or maybe I'm just reaching. I don't know. Anyway, Miss Girl Boss Zheng Yisao, she is amazing. A mother, truly, already, and we've only had her for like, what, three episodes? Yeah. She, Oluwande, and Steed are walking through the wreckage of the ship they're raiding, and Oluwande tells her that the captain wants to see her and blow his brains out as he looks her in the eye. And she's like, oh my god, that is so embarrassingly common. Love her so much. Like, wow, how can you not say mother? They finally reach the captain's cabin and she introduces herself, but the captain thinks that Steed and Oluwande are the captains, but they're like, nah, dude, it's her. And Rubo, the actress that you are, the way she says the line, I know it's been a day. I love her so much. Oh my God, I love her so much. And she tells him, look, you can blow your brains out, but the last thing you'll do on this earth is surrendering to a woman and oh my god she ate that she ate that so miss charisma has dinner with the captain of the ship she's raiding and she's just playing this man like a fiddle like wow women of color in business and entrepreneurship she is amazing even steed is like oh my god she's got this man eating out the palm of her hand like yeah write that down she gives him the option of something else joining her and steed pulls out a bottle of champagne he's like champers Ugh. he is a loser but i say that with love i love him that's my loser that's my girl failure so she's now having dinner with this man and she just telling him everything he wants to hear basically and she's like damn she's got him eating out of the palm of her hand and she does that's how you slay that's how you girl boss not too close to the sun like some people steed but that's how you girl boss a regular amount So she's telling this man everything he wants to hear, really appealing to his pirate buddy comrade shit. And she's like, you know, I didn't get in this business to fight other pirates. And he's like, oh, I didn't. Like, I will if I have to, but I won't. And she snaps her finger for Steed to pour more champagne or wine, whatever that is. I don't know. And wow, her power. Like, she just snaps and he snaps to it. I love her so much. That's a good woman. That's a good, good woman. And she's like, you know, maybe we can, nah, I don't know. The way she, ah, I love her. I love women so much. She's like, oh, no, it's stupid. And he's like, no, I want to hear it. She's like, what if we like become partners? Ugh, she's a genius. I love the title card of the food all laid out and the wine being poured into the glass. Like, it is so cute. This is what I missed, like, 
well not the most but it's one of the things i miss the most about our flag means death the title cards because they were so creative and while maybe some episodes well most no nah, i'll give them grace some and like a lot of the writing in acting choices have let me down this season one thing they have not let me down with is the title cards because those are always going to deliver no matter what back on her ship the red flag she is in her office yeah that's her office and oluwande is next to her and steed is also there that man has not zero self-awareness but close to zero i'll give him grace and say he has maybe 10 percent self-awareness he's self-aware but not where it matters you know what i mean it's like all that insecurity is not valid completely, but like it's still there. Like, okay, you ate that one thing. Like, you are right about that. But a lot of it is just not self-pity. Self-insecurities? That's not even self-insecurity. Girl, it's just insecurities. Um, <laughs> yeah, I need my brother to get some self-awareness because the way he's just like, plopping towels on her desk and Oluwande has to move them like dude what are you doing and he's just talking 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 I'm not gonna do too much because that's my sister I love her but like girl read the room please I beg but he is hyping her up he's like oh my god you had that man eating out of the palm of your hand that is like crazy and she's like you know it's what I do she is so fucking cool like wow Oluwande how did you bag that two baddies he bagged I'm not surprised because look at him that's a good man right there but damn like wow sorry for thirsting okay back to it but steed is like you know what i always say that the best thing for us to do is talk it through and he's like oh one day don't i say that or oh, one day don't want to answer that man he don't like want to engage in this conversation right now but he's a good man so he's like yes captain you do Ugh, he's a good man good good man i love him Oluwande, I am so sorry for what they did to your character this season, but he is still a good man. He's still got some moments here and there. But Zheng Yisao is like, no, not always. If that doesn't work, then you know I kill them. And she's like, hold on. And she's like, yep, this is a join me or die situation. Which is, I don't know how he didn't like process that, but he not too bright. God bless his heart. She's not, she's not stupid, but she's not too bright. I love you, Steed, but you're really not bright. Not bright, not bright, but, like, not bright in the sense of people. You know what I mean? He's not too people smart. Him and his man. God bless their heart. That's why they work so well together. Enough bashing on them. Back to it. Steed, again, lacking awareness of his surroundings, picks up this thing on her desk. Is that the abacus? I don't know what that is, but, like, he shakes it. He's like, ooh, it's a musical sound. Like, I'm not even going to hate because I would probably do the same thing. So, pop off, queen. Do your thing. Oluwande and Zheng Yisao are looking at him like, oh my god, this man, he's a mess. I say that with love. I love him. Anything I say about Steed comes from love. I love him, so I want him to be better and do better. Auntie enters the room and tells her that they found another ship, and it looks like it's been through a storm. And Steed's still shaking the shit out of that thing until... She reads that it's the revenge, and Steve's like, oh my god, Ed. And of course he goes bolting, because that's a good man right there. That's a good, good man, Savannah. We see the ship from the crew's perspective, and oh my god, it looks fucked up. Edward, I love you, but girl, what were you doing? He did literally drive them into a storm, and then blew off the wheels, so of course it looks like that. But my god, it looks bad. The crew are like fuck that does not look good and i don't know who says it. i think it's pete he's like oh what the hell happened to it you know they're all like 
what happened damn it looks like it's seen better days and has that shit looks awful so sorry revenge and we john's line he's like oh do you think it went through that triangle thing by the bermuda oh these writers are so like i love them they're very unserious people and i respect them for that pete is of course like has anyone told steed and speak of the devil and she shall appear steed comes running from where i don't know that man was bolting i know he hasn't run that fast in his life since like i don't know school when the bullies would like throw shit at him and chase him no offense to him no offense to him at all that's not me joking about that even though i am trying not to laugh but i'm not joking about that but that man takes off like uh when i tell you i laughed and screamed when he jumped over the ship into the water it is so serious for that man he said i'm gonna see my man no matter what i'm not waiting for a dinghy or a boat i'm gonna see him now and i can't even blame him for that um yes steed is not beating the cartoon character allegations because that man just jumped over like a frog in the splash that came out of him jumping over yeah he is actually a cartoon character and i truly believe that good for him he's the one person that's not beating the muppet allegations or the cartoon character allegations he's in ten toes down to them because he's silly and goofy and like that's part of his charm i love that for him the crew is of course shocked but also not surprised at this and pete matthew the man that you are his line delivery him and nathan this season excellent they never fail to make me laugh Peter's like, oh my god, is he unconscious? <laughs> and the way that Steve just pops back up out of water and screams Ed as he like starts swimming. Ugh. I might talk shit about this season. One thing I won't say is that it's not funny. They make me laugh a lot. Pete's like, oh no, he's okay. There he is. The dichotomy. They are so sick. Someone pointed out they're like, oh, Steve jumped over in the water, and it's a parallel to Ed in episode eight jumping back into the water to swim to the crew. Why do you guys like pain? Why do you guys like pain? And why do you got to share that with the class? I didn't want to hear that shit. That made me very sad. It's all funny, haha, till Steve gets to the ship and climbs over and he sees the wreckage of his home and their theme starts playing. Um, I need to talk to Maggie Phillips. Is that the music supervisor? I need to talk to whoever was like, yeah, run that shit when he climbed over to see his home destroyed. Who was that? Like, I need to talk to you specifically. I need to talk to everyone involved, actually. Why would you do that to me? The amount of times they played their theme in this episode, it was only like twice. I need to calm down. But it's still... Like, why would you do that to me? Why would you do that? You think it's fun to make people sad? Like, what the fuck was the point? You did that for what? Like, but why? Why, though? Why? What purpose did it serve? I know what purpose it served, but still... I was right, it's two needle drops. The first one is when Steed climbs over and sees the wreckage of his home slash the revenge. And the second one is when he's pulling knives from the cabin and also all over the revenge. I hate everyone that was involved with it. Reese Darby for acting like that. The music supervisor, the director, the writers, the cinematographer, hell, even, I don't know, the set organizer people. Fuck all of you, because why would you do that to me? Why would you do that? Like, okay, you ate that, but at what cost? My sanity. That's the cost. The revenge looks absolutely fucked. Like, I'm an Ed defender till I die, but baby girl, what is going on here? He said mental health awareness? Y'all about to be very aware. And we are. Because why is there, like, the marking of a knife dragging along the wall? There's blood or black X's over the eyes of one of his paintings. Um blood everywhere knives everywhere that shit looks fucked my god that ship looks awful 
God bless his heart. But he does clean it next episode. No, episode after that. Episode 5. So I'm not going to do too much on him. Can you see how much of an Ed apologist I am? I know, it's like one of my few flaws. Or pros, if you think about it. Steed hears noises coming from his cabin and of course goes to it because he thinks it's his man. He's like, Ed, but nope. The shot of him opening the door and seeing the crew hunched over like eating something. I'm like, damn, I forget this show gets like dark because... Am I, like, being morbid in shit? Or, like, was it supposed to be, like, oh my god, are they eating Ed? That's what I got from it. Maybe I'm just dark and twisted and, like, consume too much cannibal, like, homoerotic shit. I don't know. But that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, they wanted to be like, oh, what are they eating? Ooh, is it possible they're eating the corpse of Ed? I know, obviously, they wouldn't do that. But, you know, they wanted to give the girls a little scare, you know, be like, ooh, what are they eating? There's blood all over their faces. They ate that, though. Cinematographer ate. Director ate. The cast eight, like wow, four plus four. They really did their thing that scene. They look so fucking haunting. Like the blood on Frenchie's face as he like wipes. That reminds me of that scene in Yellow Jackets where Shauna dreams of the girls eating her baby and then the look on all their faces as Natalie like is the only one that looks sorry and wipes her mouth like she's like about to cry because she's so sorry. That's what like Frenchie gave me that look of like you know he's like not embarrassed but a bit ashamed like the way he wipes his mouth but like he's still hungry and Jim the way that they like chew and like stare him down with like a glare in their eyes blood on their face and Fang the blood on his beard and the way Izzy takes that drink and it like goes on his beard my god they said we're about to change lives and they did because they that like wow how can you not gag steed is like fuck he's like hey guys and he takes them back to the ship because that's a good man right there back on the red flag ship the crew is back together i love them so much can you tell i'm a found family girly like i miss them so much just seeing them all together we didn't get no reunion hugs and shit we got little moments here and there between the crew but it's like why aren't they running to each other to hug like isn't this supposed to be a family david jenkins and co i have your number you guys are sick and twisted. Why would you deprive me of that group hug? We got a group hug with Lucius and the crew, but it's like, no more group hugs? They said, you guys get one. Shut the fuck up. No more. Sick and twisted. Nasty. Dark-spirited. Not dark-spirited. Dark-sided. I see your spirit, and it's nasty. They're all eating soup, and Steed, of course, he needs to know where his man is. He's like, where the hell is Ed? What happened? They all looking at each other. They don't want to tell him shit. Like, they are so sketchy. Steed is not buying it a second. They're like, what happened to him? Like, where is he? And Jim's like, look, Steed, Archie is so unserious. She chokes on her soup. She's like, oh shit, this is Steed? Like, Steed, Steed? Jim's like, can you not? Like, be so serious right now. And Steed's like, why are you saying it like that? And she's like, um, you know, I just thought you would have more muscles, you know. Very confusing. But also, I'm not even gonna blame her. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, who would Ed's type be? And you don't think strange and off-putting crazy gay vibes you think like you know maybe a muscly man but that's on us for assuming well that's on her for assuming he's like why are you guys looking at each other why won't like you guys tell me what's going on why can't i get a straight answer israel basilica hands who no one wants to hear or talk to or see inside comes over to him oh get that bitch off my screen is it that deep? Yes, it is, but no, it isn't. Like, the way this season, I'm about to go on a tangent, so 
skip to, I don't know, 30 minutes because I'm probably going to be here for a while. The way the, let me be nice. Let me not be nice. The AO3 ification of Izzy Hands needs to be studied. Because what the hell? They just said, oh yeah, it's character development. Character development has to be well written. This nigga is just nice all of a sudden. Just nice. They said, oh, he saw the error of his ways after getting his toes cut off a bunch. Show us that shit. Don't just like be like, oh, he's fine now. He's good. Really? Really? And I'm supposed to believe it? Maybe if I was a clown and not immune to indoctrination. I would not be caught by a cult. A lot of you would. The way y'all were like, I used to hate Izzy, but now he cool. You dumb bitch. You birds. No offense to Buttons and Carl and Olivia. But y'all, y'all not bright. God bless your soul, though. Like, you just gonna accept that easy? I'm not calling you guys dumb, but I am. Like, the writers do better. Why? Just do better, you know? Write better. I don't know. Is that a mean thing to say? It's not mean because it's like, how? What is going on? Season two, it just feels like off. Writing off, acting a bit off. Just character assassination left, right, and center. Only characters that are still intact. Lucius, Ed, and Pete. Yeah. And Roach. And yeah, no, that's it. Look at you. And Frenchie. Frenchie too. But look at you. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And all because y'all want to prop up that white man. Look what dick riding does. Look what clout does. Clout is a disease. Dick riding is a disease. Because I know these niggas are on AO3 reading fix on Twitter. Y'all got to stop tagging them in those fix in your art. Because look at what happened. Look at what happened. Because they forgot what made the show so great. Now you're like, oh, it's only one season, blah, blah, blah. They can change anything. Yes, they can change anything. But make it good. You know what I mean? Don't just plop it there and be like, oh, but it's actually well-written when you think about it. No, it's not, girl. I feel like I'm in the upside down. Do better. Like, okay, I wouldn't give a fuck about the redemption arc. No, I would because it's like, damn, that was a great antagonist. Y'all could have, like, really pushed it, you know, gone further with that. But everyone wants a redemption arc. That's some a tangent for another day. But anyway... I would have been like, okay, fine, because it's a well-written arc. But y'all just, like, sped past everything and ended up there. This feels like the opposite of what happened with Lotor and Voltron Legendary Defenders. I know, trigger warning, Voltron Legendary Defenders for those that were there during that dark, dark, dark time of history. But, like, when Lotor went from, oh, maybe he's a villain to, actually, he is a good guy, and we shouldn't let our prejudices, like, to find people and all that shit. And Laura had that great arc and they fell in love, but then now he's a villain and he's like testing on Altaians and shit. Like, where did that come from? They said, we just made that up. Those writers, I got beef with them because they said, oh, we brought him to Zuko and then slid him to Azula. Do not blame this on Mother Avatar the Last Airbender. You know what you did. You know good and damn well what you did. Why would you do that? Everyone wants their fave to be Zuko, but no one wants to put in the work. And that's literally the tangent for the whole redemption arc thing. Yeah. Because, like, the girls don't want to put in the effort, the work. Also, I blame the cast and crew and writer's relationship with Mr. Robert O'Neill. Because his real name is Robert, by the way, if you didn't know. It's not Khan. I don't know where the fuck he got Khan from. But anyway, that's something for another story. I blame their relationship with Khan. Because, you know, they love Khan down for some reason. They said, damn, Zionism and racism be damned. That man is a good man. Like, okay, sure, girl boss, slay. But 
Like, why do we have to see that in the show? You know what I mean? It feels weird. Also, David Jenkins, I'm pretty sure he's been in Izzy Stan. Well, he's been in Con Stan. And I think that carries over to Izzy. Like, damn, just because someone's a good actor and your friend, you gotta be like, okay, we'll give them a redemption arc. Like, what? Okay, girl, do the redemption arc, but make it good, you know? That's all. That's really all. Oh, look at that. That tangent didn't even last till, like, 30 minutes. I was being dramatic. It was only five-ish minutes. Barely even six. Like, wow. I did so good. Clap for me. Okay, back to the stuff. Tangent over. Um, where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah, Izzy comes over. He is all drenched like a wet rat. And he's like, oh, Bonnet, good to see you. And Steve not having time for this man. He's so real for that. He said, piss off. Ain't no one want to talk to you. That is a good man right there. That's how you shut shit down. He said, I'm not going to encourage this. I'm not doing this. You want to do our tit for tat? Bitch, we ain't titting, we ain't tatting. We're not doing none of that. Where is my man? He is so real. Love him. One thing about Steve Bonnet, he's going to defend his man, be a mother, and serve cunt. Those three things. He can't serve cunt anymore, though, because the writers got rid of his outfits. I also blame HBO Max for getting rid of their budget. They have a lesser budget, but still, you know, you can't find other ways for him to slay. I don't know. Everything just fucked. God damn it. I'm sorry. Back to it. No more mini tangents. I'm cutting myself off. He's like, what happened to Ed? And the crew's like, well, Frenchie says first, he's like, he retired. And they are so unserious. Everyone's like, yeah, that's what happened. Archie's like, yep, he got tired. I, <clears throat> that is so stupid, but so something the writers would do. I love it. They said, is it a dumb joke? Put it in there. And I eat it up all the time. All the time, every time. My humor is just dumb jokes and sex jokes that would make a 14 year old boy laugh that's it that's the range the thing is like yep he retired and Frenchie I know at first it's like oh Frenchie's explaining it to Steed what retirement is but like he already knows the way Frenchie says when you get old and don't want to work anymore you can just give up I guess who's the writers let me check this Alyssa Lane and Alex Sherman always them at the scene of the crime who hurt you? Why would you do that? 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 And again, why? But why though? Why? Like that hurts. Good writing, but it hurt. Like, why would you say that? They said, oh, when you get old and don't want to live anymore. Not live, but work anymore. But like, he meant live. Oh, I hate it here. They said, yes, he is suicidal. Yes, we will be talking about it more. Which I love the way they talk more about Ed's suicidal ideation and depression and suicidal tendencies. Like, yeah, talk about it more. I was shocked this season that they talked about it as much as they did, and so well, too. Like, okay, someone did their research the one time they do their research and think shit through. Wow. Yes, that was a jab at them for Steed Bonnet in writing Miss Jing Yisao and having her conquer China. I can do digs at them here and there and still love the show. It's fine. Like, I promise you they're okay. But yeah, that line that Frenchie says... Alyssa Lane and Alex Sherman, you ate that, and you guys are no longer my enemies. You weren't my enemies before, but I had beef with them. I still have beef, though. But it's less. It's less beef because of that line in this episode. Revisiting this episode, actually, I realized I don't dislike it as much as I thought I did because I have it low on my episode ranking. My episode ranking is, hold on, let me pull it up. Yeah, it's 2, 4, 5, 3, 1, 6, and 7 tied for last. But I'm like maybe episode three can be above one because now that i'm watching again for this they ate that they really did 
back to it steed is not believing that ed retired he knows his man down people don't believe that steed knows his man but he really does like wow look how misogyny affects our women because they think she's so stupid but she knows her man she really does better than anyone else better than israel basilica hands yeah catch it so she's not buying that bullshit he's like but what happened to my paintings and is he lies maybe question mark no yeah he does lie because ed did that shit he's like oh that was me steed also not buying that i don't think or maybe he is i don't know i could see an argument for both like he does buy it like of course izzy did because izzy hates him or like he's lying because ed did it it could be both he probably realized that izzy was lying once later on in the episode he goes to take out the knives and shit in his cabin steed obviously doesn't believe them and walks away he's like he don't got time for this he good protect his peace i know that's right up above on the second deck auntie and jenny sao are talking to each other and auntie's like yo i smell mutiny and rubo the woman that you are she's like well i smell leather and bo so that is a good woman line delivery 10 face 10 acting 10 that's a good woman that's how you act that's how you do characters and character introductions they should have come up with an original character though and i truly believe that they don't think shit through but we move auntie sees right through her and is like you just want to keep oluwande happy which is true like she's like damn she didn't have to gag her like that like you know it's true we know it's true but damn don't put her business out there she's not putting her business out there it's just them two but still you know like okay not too much not too much finally get to see my man edward teach again ah he has seen better days obviously he is concussed because jim brought that shit down on his head and he got the beating of a lifetime i know he did deserved but still like okay not too much not too much he's being dragged on a beach by a man which we find out later is one gold him waking up in that little tent camp that Horngold hallucination Horngold has built for himself he was freaking the fuck out when he realized it was Horngold like oh my god this man scared the shit out of him like he was really freaking the fuck out like Ed is so scared of Horngold when he first realizes it's him like scared scared like the way a child is scared like a child that is in a home filled with domestic violence as in his daddy used to beat on him and his mom scared like flinching over little sounds and shit like that that's probably the kind of fear he felt like when his dad would come home or was home ever or just hearing about his dad you know or doing something and being like shit dad's gonna find out like that's what i got from that he got reverted back to like his child self that's really sad to see but damn taika acted down so sorry subconscious slash hallucination Horngold tries to feed ed some soup and ed is not having it obviously he freaking fuck out he's like get away from me very much does not want to eat the soup and the first sign we get that this isn't real Horngold says i know you've got some bad memories starring your captain here it's like huh you know it's a weird thing to say like maybe you could be like oh no he's just weird like that you know everyone's so silly and goofy and our flag means up even the villains but why did he say it like that you know i'm a thinker i'm a thinker yeah 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 that and also i didn't want horn and gold to be like that because i have a whole thing about horn and gold being one of the villains of the show and then later getting killed by ed so he can heal you know check off shitty father figure times two blah 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 all that shit anyway off topic him feeding ed the soup and ed fighting him because he thinks it's poison the way i see this is two ways that this can be interpreted 
One, Ed's subconscious still wants him to survive, so it's feeding him. And two, Ed thinks that he deserves to be poisoned by Hornigold if he truly believes Ed's poison. It could be both. It's honestly probably both, the way this show is written. So Auntie goes over to the Revenge to investigate what happened on their ship. And Fang and Frenchie obviously go with her because they don't want her finding out anything. They are so cute. I love their dynamic. Like, their best friend arc, number one. I am still bitter about Ed and Frenchie not getting to be besties. But, you know, there's always season three. Please renew that show, HBO Max. Um, but yeah, she is really fucking good. Like, Jesus Christ, she's over here, like, seeing the floor. Like, oh, a man fell here and he was beaten. Doing like, oh, probably by Ken Bond. They're like, shit, she's good. They're sweating, obviously, because they're nervous. And she's like, oh, why are you guys sweating? And Fang's like, oh, it's hot, man. Ah! Fang, I love him so much. I love him, I love him, I love him. That's a good man, that's a good man, that's a good man. Frenchie, oh, Joel Fry, the man that you are. I love, let me not, because I'm about to get real gutter, but let me not. But Joel Fry, I love you. I love you, I love you, something serious. A good man, a fine man, and a great actor. That's all I'm going to say to keep it classy. The way Joel Fry delivers his lines. Line delivery. One thing about our flagging is that the actor is going to deliver a line. They said, we're going to deliver a line. Acting down. He's like, ooh, it is hot. Can you get us some cool bevies? Ah! I love him so much. <laughs> I had to scream. That's a good, 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 good man. Whoever chose the costume for him on Edship, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And I think you should win the Nobel Peace Prize because, wow wow thank you i didn't know i needed that but thank you she heads below deck because she realizes that they're hiding something and she goes there finding ed's body back on the red flag jim and oluwande reunite ah they said we're gonna have them break up but also not really they just be doing shit like i need them to be consistent because they're broken up but also not really they're together but not together like please stick with one people are like no they're in a polyamorous relationship well i would like the show to actually show that you know inaccurately and well, just no well-written development, character assassination, drop subplots, forgotten plots, and vibes. Oh, and propping up the white man, obviously, and giving him the traits of various characters to explain why he's still there and why we should care about him. Sorry for the shade. Not sorry for the shade, actually. They deserve it. But we move. I love Jim and Oluwande down. And now they're trying to make it seem like they were more friends than lovers. But the North literally remembers episode 7, a.k.a. their episode. Hello? And literally all of their moments from season 1. So please be so very fucking for real right now. Either try harder to explain this or get rid of this plotline. Because I'm breaking up because they're the secondary couple and parallel gentle beard. But y'all are doing all this because you want to what? Shake shit up? I don't know. It's not a good enough reason. Do better. Be better. Be best. Fico and Samson said, fuck all that. Chemistry still popping. I know that's right. Good, good, good. They said, shitty script be damned. We're going to do our job. And they did. Thank God. Actors that are friends make great couples. Actors that are friends and also actors that hate each other. No in between. They either have to be the best of friends or hate each other's guts down. You know you're about to eat good when they either can't even be in the same room as each other because they hate each other or they're besties. Like, look at Jacob Anderson, Sam Reed, hello, acting down, besties, who else, who else, Tyka and Reese, besties, acting down, um, I got more, I got more, hold on, hold on, Nathan Fillion and the lady that played Beckett from Castle, 
they hated each other's guts. Wow, couple of the century. Come on now. Like, the math is mathing. That's the formula. Follow it. Oluwande gives Jim a towel. Jim smells and is like, ooh, this smells so good. And the way Oluwande, he is so cute. Samson Kyle, call me. Anyway, Oluwande is like, yeah, you know, Steve says it's made of eucalyptus. But the way he says it's like eucalyptus. And Jim's like, what? And they giggle. All that. They're so cute. I love them. Oluwande's like, I missed you. And Jim's like, I missed you too. And they tell him that they kissed Archie. He's fine with it. Well, no, they don't say they kissed Archie. They're like, oh, I kissed someone. And Oluwande being best friend number one family. They're literally each other's anchors. Tied. Soulmates. Hello. Couple of the century. It couple. General Beard, you are nothing. Till Orange is number one. Oluwande knows. He's like, oh, was it Archie? And they're like, yeah. He's like, oh, she's cute. That little shoulder bump from the teaser or trailer? I don't know. I think it's from the trailer. Yeah, it's from the trailer. They are so cute. Like, seeing it in context, it's not as heartbreaking as Mr. Ed laying on the wheel in the trailer and we're finding out that he's steering to their death for a suicide attempt. Well, mass murder suicide. That shit was crazy. But this scene in context, the Jim and Luande and the shoulder bump and them smiling at him. Ugh! That's good stuff right there. That's good stuff. Um, I need that straight in my veins, directly into my brain, actually. I need that shit all day, every day. Wow, 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 wow. And the orange lighting of the sunset behind them. Sunset? The sunset belongs to Jim and Oluwande. Nighttime and the moon belongs to Steed and Ed. See the way they parallel each other? Main couple things? And they want to break them up and be weird about whether they're together or not? That their romance wasn't really a romance. They're really more family. It's complicated. Blah, blah, blah. We're not putting the label on shit. Boo! Boo, boo, boo. Be so serious right now. The chemistry between um, Archie and Jim and Jingyi Sao and Oluwande is not enough for them to be breaking them up. Now you could say, oh no, they're not really broken up. But it's like, then why are they treating them? They're trying to distance their romantic feelings from each other. Like, oh, they're not really romantically involved, but they are. Like, are they or are they not? Like, if they're not, that's okay, but say that, you know? Like, be consistent, I beg. Our Flagmans of Season 2, Be Consistent Challenge, constantly failed. Repeatedly failed. Abysmally failed, if you will. Anyway, Jim and Oluwande are still cutting it up. They're like, oh, I saw her boobs, both of them. And he walks away, they're giggling. Ugh! I love good couples. Couples that communicate, that talk, that are healthy. Steed and Ed catch it. Catch it! Like, do better. Please, 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 please. Stop making your relationship troubles everyone's problems. These men get divorced every three to five weeks. I'm like, that's their love language, but also I need them to do better. Please do better. We can't handle another child of divorce, aka Lucius. Look at him. He's not right. You guys can't see me tapping my head, but I tap my head there. Like, he is unwell love him but he needs therapy bad steed is back on the revenge being a good man cleaning up the knives in the cabin and their theme plays again and i want to throw myself off a cliff why would you do this to me when i said oh i can't wait to hear their theme this is not what i meant and you know it they're so sick and twisted do you like why do you like seeing me suffer quickly 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 why do you like seeing me suffer like okay that was amazing. Wow, well written, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was placed well. Oh, it makes sense. He's all sad cleaning up their cabin. 
he loves him turmoil blah 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 all that but why would you do that to me to me specifically because obviously this was a targeted attack on my life and they won by the way i'm dead so i'm glad they're happy look at the tolerant left when a black woman wants to enjoy her queer show and she is met with sadness and frustration in character assassination of her face oh izzy of course pops up from the shadows of hell to sour the mood we can never escape this man like oh every time he on my screen i'm like oh fuck you know what i mean like just takes me out of the experience i'm milking it i'm lying but still you know he's irritating to look at is it because he's ugly or because he's an awful character and they're trying to reossify him yes um anyway <laughs> that was nasty i'm sorry is he deeply unserious he's like oh you like how we redecorated oh just the nasty sick and twisted man and you know what mm, steed rises above he rises above sometimes the other times he's like when they go low i go lower and good for him i'm gonna be by her side no matter what she does like yeah okay you want to go to gutter butt hell go to gutter butt hell he wants to rise above to the angels where that hell demon spawn israel can't even reach him i'm by his side i support women's wrongs um anyway steve's like not having it he's like yeah okay sure you redecorated cool good for you you must feel so cool and it's just like still trying to be a hater trying to start shit weirdo creep freak loser like leave her alone oh my god izzy thought that he was gonna do something like oh you don't know him that well blah 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 he was raging blah 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 all that shit steed stops him he knows him so well and izzy really thought they both didn't know shit about ed trying to connect with him in his own fucked up way so they can share the guilt and burden of doing this to ed like no bitch that was all you y'all are not the same you did that you 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 not we stop speaking french we didn't do shit steed says he was either gonna watch the world burn or die trying so where is he ah raw ass line Alyssa lane and alex sherman i forgive you for all your crimes against me because let's talk about how a lot of people think steed either refuses to see and acknowledge all the bad shit ed does or doesn't understand the gravity of the situation they're in but just like ed they really don't get him at all izzy catch it because steed knows ed better than any of them and he knows why ed is doing this because he's heartbroken and steed's morals are a bit fucked up but i let him get a pass because i love him especially when it comes to those he loves especially ed so he doesn't care that ed is beheading people or committing arson or tax fraud or whatever the shit they wrote on the pamphlet to excuse them drawing him that racist anti-semitic way they drew him on the wanted poster he cares about how these acts make ed feel and they make him feel sad and upset because he's hurting and he doesn't want ed doing shit that upsets him you know he's like my baby girl should be happy only and he's so real for that he doesn't care that it is bad quote quote you know because the white man says so and also because he's beheading people and shit but he cares that ed is not happy doing what he's doing that makes sense Ed's well-being is important to him. So if Ed was happy doing these things, he would be like, slay, you know, he wouldn't have a problem. But Ed isn't happy doing these things. He's miserable. So it's a problem. So that's what I mean when I say Steed's morals are a bit fucked up. He's like, okay, my baby is doing maybe some acts of domestic terrorism, but is he happy doing them? And you know what? I love him for that. Good for him. 
I love characters that are morally dubious. And by dubious, I mean, like, they're fine with murdering shit. But, like, if it affects their family, that's where they draw the line. Steve Bonnet is the most character of all time. If only this fuck-ass show and these writers changed him into an original character. <laughs> thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. How could this have been avoided? I don't know. If only someone could have seen this coming. Oh, well. Izzy tries to be like, oh, yeah, you think you know your man so well? Deeply unserious. It's still fuck Izzy, because he literally said they should put Ed down. He says... Oh, he was acting like a wild dog and we dealt with him like one. Fuck you, dude. And I'm supposed to root for him? He's a racist piece of shit still. Calling a person of color an animal, especially calling people of color dogs, that's always going to be racist. No ifs, ands, or buts. So, what's going on? Y'all want me to root for the racist man that obviously hasn't changed? He's still being racist, but they're like, oh no, it's okay. He's still doing his homophobic little digs, but they're like, no. It's like fun homophobia you do with your friends. Nuh-uh, because he's not a friend. He's still weird. Like, if you wanted to get him there, I think it would have taken more than maybe two, three episodes. But the fuck do I know? I'm not a writer. I don't do this shit professionally. I'm just a consumer. But yeah, Izzy is still racist. Um, Refuses to take responsibility for his actions throughout episode one and all of the season, actually. Tried to pull a you don't know him like I do on Steed. Steed shut that shit down so quick. He don't got time for that. And proved that he does know Ed. Gagged him. Yup, y'all are not the same. We're not twin twin. Like, y'all have similarities, but evil twin, evil twin? No. Negative. There is no wee bitch. Stop speaking French. Like, okay, he's taking some accountability, but it's still not 100%. He's trying to make it seem like they're equally at fault, which they're not. At all. Steed left him. Yes, he was sad and heartbroken, but he was coping in a semi-healthy way. You know, even if we find out later on, he doesn't really remember it all that much. So he was really going through the motions. But also depression causes memory loss. So y'all being like, oh, that's a gotcha. He didn't even give a shit about the talent show. Like, okay, say you know jack shit about depression without saying you know jack shit about depression. God forbid women do anything. Um, what's that Taylor Swift joke that Swifties be saying? A woman can only chuckle, but a man can laugh. Yeah, that's what it's giving right now. God forbid women do anything. God forbid women cut off the toes of their first mate and feed it to them and all that shit. After they threaten them, by the way. Still upset about that. That's never addressed in season two. They said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He cut off his toes, so that's apology enough, right? Ah! Writers, when I catch you, when I catch you, when I catch you, when I catch you. Ooh, 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 ooh. Mmm. I got something for you. Just hold on. Yeah, he was coping in a semi-healthy-ish way and getting better. He was cleaning up his room before Izzy came in and called him a namby-pamby. Basically a, you know, cigarette in English terms. And that he would be better off dead and threatened to kill him. So yeah, not the same at all. Broke up with your boyfriend. Yes, very fucked up, didn't even leave him a note. Versus death threats and hate crimes. Yeah, not the same. Not on the same level, you know? Steed says, you sent him to doggy heaven. And Izzy says, no, I could never. Which, girl, be so serious right now. You're like, oh, I could never. Then why'd you threaten to kill him? What was that all about? Now people are gonna be like, oh, but he saved his body on the ship. Oh, he could never kill him for real. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, sure. We're supposed to believe that. I'm supposed to suspend my dis- I can believe buttons turn into a bird, but I cannot believe that. Like, let's get so serious right now. He's like, I could never- I think you could, though. Mmm, I do. He's kind of upset that both Ed and Steve think he could kill Ed. And I don't 
believe that Izzy at all, but okay. You literally called the cops on Ed and almost had him killed. What the fuck is going on here? I feel like I'm being gaslit by the show itself and the writers. What is going on? But I think the sad or scary thing, depending on who you ask, is that Izzy truly believes he could never kill Ed because he loves him. Like, oh my God, he's scary. He really believes that. Maybe that's true. I don't know, but actually, no, I don't think that's true at all because actions speak louder than words. And he called the fucking Navy on him and the crew and basically bought him from the Navy. So I don't think him killing it is that crazy of a thought for people to have. Like, he's like, oh, I don't think I'm capable of killing Ed. Everyone thinks I'm so capable of killing Ed. Ah, I wonder why. Why could someone think that Israel Basilica Hands is capable of killing Ed, the man he loves? Hmm, I don't know. Must be your ops spreading rumors about you. Like, be so serious right now. You are almost 60. Get real, like get so real right now. All this wee 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 coming from Izzy, like stop speaking French cause there is no we, this is not a group project. All this shit is on you. Be so serious right now. Back to my fave, Ed. Oh, he's still going through it. Some free that man. Get them all group therapy, not group therapy, like individual therapy and group therapy. Ed needs therapy the most. I knew he was gonna be in purgatory, but I was still gagged when I find out like, oh my God, that man's mind is fucked up. Bad, bad, bad. Like, him talking to Horngold about his, what is it, mutiny? He's like, oh, it was so crazy, you know? Like, he still wants that validation from this awful man, but he also doesn't. I would like to study his brain. Like, I would love to be his therapist. Because, girl, what is going on in there? There's a lot of stuff going on in there, and I would like to unpack all of it. Hornigold, fake Hornigold in his mind, doesn't give a shit about how he was mutinied. Like, at all. Um, back at his little shack, Ed's like, oh my god, these shoes are so good, you know, you could sell them. And Hornigold's saying, oh, it's always an angle with you. I'm like, oh my god, damn. Ed, your mind hates you, like, this is how he thinks about himself. The more you think about it, it gets so sad. This episode is so depressing now that I think about it. Shit. Like, oh my god. Steve's hallucination, sad. Ed's subconscious, sad. Like, just sad, sad, sad. No wonder these men are like, desperate to cling on to the love they have for each other and that little joy they have in their sad 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 lives like they've never been in love or felt a lot of happiness in their lives and no wonder look at their situations oh my goodness their biggest enemies are society one for seed and two themselves ed like oh my goodness your ops are yourselves and also society but you know you know he talks about wanting to be an innkeeper. He's like, oh, it's like you're a jailer and you hold all the keys, but like all the prisoners like you. And Hornicle's like, I would like to see that. And someone, I don't know who this was on Twitter, but why do you guys, our flag means up Twitter, y'all hate happiness and fun. Just discourse or sadness, no in between. Well, no, there's also thirsting, just those three. But like, damn, you guys are so sad. I say that like I'm not angst posting like every other day. Not the point though, because this made me sad. Someone was like, oh, Ed wants someone to like play with so bad like that childhood that he didn't get him and Steed which is why they be doing their things like the lighthouse thing and also the switching clothes in episode four they finally had someone to like play with a childhood what the hell is it called play friend play pal no girl you think of paypal and pen pal um playmate Fuck. why was that so hard yeah, Ed wants to do his thing, so they pretend that they're playing innkeeper. And Ed looks so good, he's got his hair held back again. Let's get the claw clip look back with the strands, the slut strands. 
from episode two. I need that back. They just gave it to me one time. They said no more. And I both thank them for that because I would not know how to act for the rest of the season. But I also am like, why would you give something to me if I can have it forever? You know? Feels petty. But thank you for your service also. Playing Innkeeper and it goes very bad. Hornigold is a dick because Hornigold is himself. And also Hornigold in real life was a dick. But he's also throwing Ed's insecurities in his face. And he's like, you're going to kill me like you killed your dad? Ugh! The flashbacks in this season are fucked. Why do we need to see the flashback of him killing his dad? Girl, we were there for season one. There's only one season. You don't need to throw it back that far. You know what I mean? But Ed's like, I never told anyone that. And goes like, mm, negative. You told Steed and he left you. And they do a flashback again. I'm like, damn, two flashbacks in one episode? Like, it's getting insane. The flashbacks, Colin Robinson and what we do in the shadow said it best. What is this, a clip show now? Like, we're just doing flashbacks? Because why? And it goes so far that, is it episode six or seven? They do a flashback to episode one of season two. I said, okay, we've lost it. We've lost the plot. You guys are wasting vital screen time on flashbacks and Israel Hands propaganda. It's sick and twisted. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Why? Again, why? But why? Ed kills him, snaps his neck, but then Hornigold pops back up. A series of cartoonish kills later. I ate that up. Like, I love it when our flagman's up is silly and goofy. Also dark and like, damn, depressing. But also silly and goofy, you know, that's where she shines. That and also the crew and the crew's interaction with Steed. And of course, the way this season is going, they said, fuck that. We're getting little to no interaction with Steed and the crew. Y'all are going to hell. <laughs> um, but anyway. Oh, I forgot to talk about that scene where they're like fishing for crabs or oysters or whatever for their dinner. And Ed's talking about his mutiny. Um, what does Hornigold say? Well, what does Ed say? Oh, yeah. Hornigold's like, you can't be like harping on that. Either, you know, move on or stay in it and it's like that's it really shouldn't i apologize or feel bad and it's like well feeling bad isn't gonna like you know redo that kid's stomach wall after making him eat a crab live and it's like wow so you just don't feel bad for shit and it's so weird slash nice slash cool slash interesting slash strange and off-putting this conversation that ed is having basically with himself without knowing and Hornigold's like, yep, and that thing that he does, the ba 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 ba, you know, the lifting hands and like weighing the options. The writers are so unserious, but I love them. Steed, him and Zhang, their bestie arc incoming, literally season finale, but I'll still eat it up. They're best friends that hate each other, but also love each other. They're frenemies, but also best friends. That's one of the best girl friendships, by the way. Frenemies, but also best friends. Also some of the most homoerotic. Didn't hear that from me. Yes, you did, but no, you didn't. Um, She's like, how are you doing right now? And he's like, Ed can be quite troubled. Oh, that line. He loves that man down, but he knows he's a bit strange, a bit off-putting. But he's fine because they're both strange and off-putting. They balance each other out. And she's like, girl, how are you? The way she says that, ugh. Steve being called girl in the positive way for the first time. I know he took that to heart. Like, oh my God. That definitely fucked with his head. In the good way. Like, he did all this evil shit to your friends and your crew, but you still love him. And he's like, yeah, but you know, that's my man for you. And she tells him, she gives him advice. Ugh, their best friend arc incoming. They're gonna be the best of friends. She tells him, you know, I've dated my fair share of guys on wanted posters. They're hot. 
And that face that Steve does, like, mm, yeah, you're right. Gay icon. Love him. Good for him. Good for him. She's like, they're hot, but, you know, the wrong people always get hurt. And that's when Auntie comes in and tells her that she found something, aka Ed's body. They kept it on the ship. And Steve comes with her, obviously. They find Ed down there. Steve thinks that his man is dead. This man has suffered more than Jesus Christ. You say, Steed or Ed? Yes to both. Right now, Steed in this season. That man can never stop losing. They said, should she suffer? Clap if she should suffer. Round of fucking applause. It's really sick. Crew gets locked up because she's going to kill them for the mutiny. Because that's what Izzy said would happen to them if they found out that they did mutiny Ed. And they found out, so guess what? Death. Um, Steed comes down, and him coming down there just to look at them and then shaking the bars and leaving Izzy keep trying to start shit with that man leave him alone he's like yeah give me your words and I'm supposed to care about that little zoom in of his eye crying boohoo must be so sad for Izzy we don't care respectfully back to Steed he wants to be mad at them about killing Ed but he knows he's partially to blame and that Ed did hurt the crew but he's been looking for him for so long and now he's just gone this is sick why would you do this to him and they're doing it to me again Episode 8, that promo clip of Ed by the sea thinking that Steed's dead just as he becomes a fisherman. They said, let's split these two gays apart and make them think the other is dead. We were so worried that Ed would think that Steed was actually dead from that fuckery in Barbados. But they said, wait, just wait, it's gonna get worse. It's even worse than that. I hate all of you. All of you. Why would you do this to me? Excellent writing, but still sick. See, it's moments like this, I'm like... So upset. This is why I get so upset with the writing this season. Because it's like moments like this. is like, this is good stuff. This is excellent writing. Like, wow, you really did that. But then they do shit like the way they handle most of the characters this season. Especially Izzy and Steed and Jim and Oluwande and Archie and literally everyone but Lucius and Ed. Yeah, that's it. And Fang. Everyone else is like, why would you do that? But why though? What was the reason? Yeah, back to Steed's heartbreak. He never got to tell this man he loves him or how sorry he is. But he knows that he can't let anyone else he cares about die. So he decides to push through and he later comes up with a plan, saves them, and then grieves later. Like a mother should. Like a good, good mother. Mm -mm -mm. Love him. Steed never entertaining Izzy's bullshit is amazing because that is the last of his worries right now. He's thinking of Ed and his crew. Two Plays with Fire on Tumblr wrote an amazing analysis on Izzy and his interactions with Steed and Ed in these three episodes, so go check that out. They basically said everything I was thinking. Ed is still on Purgatory, bless his heart, but he's doing better-ish now. And Hornigold's telling him he's in the gravy basket. It's like, Purgatory? He's like, mm, no, gravy basket is better. In this unserious show, mm, love the writing. They lucky I love them so much. Like, be so serious right now. And Ed's trying to think of the reason why he wants to stay alive. But Hornigold's like, nah, you just gotta go, like, right off the bat. Don't think, go. And he tells him warmth, good food, intercourse. And Hornigold's like, okay, but he's like, oh, orgasms. He's like, gotta finish with the good shit. Ah! I love him. Tyka's line delivery, one thing about him, I be forgetting how to, no, I don't forget he's funny. I know he's funny. But it's like, the way he balances drama and comedy in this show, yeah. A lot of you can't say the same. Hornigold asks him to list the cons of why he thinks he shouldn't stay alive. And it's like he feels like no one's waiting for him. Which is so sick and twisted. Ugh. Baby girl, you don't even know. 
And Hornigold's like, well, that kind of fucks your list, doesn't it? And it's like, yeah, it fucks it. And he throws Hornigold's walking stick. Yeah. And Hornigold's like, you want to go to my thinking spot? And he's like, you got a thinking spot? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, pick up my stick. Let's go. This man is so... Ed, I have a lot about Ed to say, but I'm like, this thing is going to be an hour and 30 minutes long if I don't, like, not say all that. Ed is very troubled is the best I can say it. Steve said it best. He's very complicated, complex. All humans are, but Ed is so, so different. I'm doing the thing from Fantastic Mr. Fox, the, you know, hand twirly as I say different, because he's very different. Neurodivergent, yes, but also different in the sense of, boy, there's a lot of trauma in that, man. Luande is talking to Jenny Sao because he wants to convince her not to kill the crew. And she's like, oh, you had a boatman's with Jim, so that might be a conflict of interest. And he's like, well, yes and no. Well, sort of, kind of. Because Jim is family to him. And I don't know if they're trying to do, like, what Jim and Oluwande have is deeper than labels, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. They are romantically interested in all that stuff, but they're family above all. And it's like, then do that well. I don't know. Write it better. Like, just do better if that's what they're trying. That's what I take from it. That's because I'm like, Teal Orange is number one, not broken up in my book. No, the fuck they're not. They're still together. This girl is so strange and off-putting because she's taking out her sword like, oh, what does that mean for us then? And he's like, us? What's going on? And she's like, oh, I'm trying to seduce you. And he did not follow that. He's like, you are threatening this man with a sword. I would be into it. But I'm just built different. She's like, oh, I didn't explain that well. She is so girl boss, but girl failure at the same time. Ugh, I love her. Her and Steed are going to be best friends. Like, girl boss and girl failure? Yeah. That's basically both of them. Steed chloroforms the crew. Love him. Love him. He is amazing. He's a thinker. He's a thinker. People think he's a dumb blonde, but he's not. Something, something, Elwood, Steed, Bonnet parallels. I'll get into that later. Frenchie. He's like, yes, Steedy boy. Ah! I love Frenchie so much. The theme of our flag means F playing as they escape. Love that. Love that. Love that. Like, real television is so back. This episode is just me being like, real television is back, and why the fuck would you do that? Back and forth. Back and forth. Wee John steals the wheel from them and apologizes to them as he chloroforms them. I love him. That's a good man right there. Jim and Archie are holding hands as they run across deck. Like, wow, you guys ate that one thing. If only the chemistry was popping a bit more. Like, give me more. I don't know if it's the writers or because chemistry balance is off because they added more characters to the already big ensemble. Why the fuck would they do that with the tight, tight, tight ass budget and tight, 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 small, small, small runtime and episode count. But whatever. I'm not a writer. I'm not in the business. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Steed passes Pete across bro so he can shoot across and get the rope across to the revenge so they can all slide on it like a glider. And Pete's like, why would I do it? Steed's like, you say you have amazing aim. Pete, I love him. He lie a lot. Like, good for you, man. I like you. You lie a lot. He said, oh, I never say that. And they're all like, you literally say it all the time. Which is like, you said it today. And he tries. Then we get that excellent scene where he's like, nope, can't do it. I don't even know what this thing is. Like, I've never seen it before. Ugh, love him. And Buttons is like, oh, I knew he couldn't do it. Buttons interrupting the whole time being so loud and all of them shushing him. Like, I love that so much. I laughed many times. Rolls his eyes and takes it away from him. And Buttons is like, oh, I knew he couldn't do it. And they're like, Buttons, oh my God. Um, Archie's like, she can do it. 
And she's like, oh, I don't know if I can trust someone I just met. Like, be so serious right now. I need you to get so serious. He's right. But, like, time and place. Come on. Have some class. She does it amazingly. And Buttons is like, see, Pete, that's how you do it. And they're all pushing him like, oh, my God. Buttons, please. Like, quiet. I love that, man. One day is busy making out with Jingisa and like, oh, yeah, you know, we don't have to kill them. Just make them work here and all that stuff. He's kicking his feet. He's so real for that. What's that meme? You know the meme with the guy lifted up by his girlfriend and he's up against the fence? That's what this scene is, basically. Auntie comes in and is like, oh, put your pants back on there, escape. And he's like, my pants are on. And, of course, she feels betrayed, like, did you know about this? He's like, no. And she runs out. And we get Jim coming down being like, Oluwande, you know, come on, we're going to escape. And he's looking back and forth. Ooh, cinematography. Directing. Acting. Best um, TV show of all time best acting best chemistry best everything like that video what's that video the best 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 who the fuck was that who's the actor i don't know but whatever that reaction video meme where that actress is like best this best that best that best that like that's how i felt with this scene because like he's looking back and forth and then jim being like olu and the way they look at him and say his name ah and y'all want me to believe that they Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. That's real chemistry right there. And he goes with them, obviously, because they're family. That's, like, they're each other's anchor. That's, they have something so deep. Like, I understand them on a deeper, more intellectual level, maybe, than the writers. Because why would you break that up? I don't know. Something not sitting right in my spirit. Racism? I don't know. Let me not. It's really not that deep. But it might be. Never say never, you know? I don't know. I'm not in the writer's room. I don't know. But they all swing across the rope, obviously. And Jim cheering and screaming, go fuck yourselves as they cut the rope. Oh, I love them so much. Love, love, love them. And Rubo, not Rubo, Jesus Christ. You know, her character looks through the telescope and she sees Oluwande waving. And her scream as she throws the telescope down, she's an actor, your honor. Auntie, of course, not reading the room, comes to her and is like, I don't want to say I told you so. And she's like, then don't. Like, ugh, real actors are back. She said, I'm about to save season two the best to my ability. She is trying her best, but she cannot save what the script broke. But she is doing a damn good job. Happy and shit, and Steve's just looking out to ocean, obviously realizing that he's going to go see his man. Bedside Virgil, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. And, of course, here comes Israel Basilica hands behind him trying to like apologize or whatever the, the fuck trying to talk to him steve not having it he walks away the tears in his eyes reese darby i'm so sorry i was unfamiliar with your game i didn't know you had that in you good for you ed still in purgatory he's on the cliff now and he's like this is your thinking spot hornigold calls him a dumb shit he didn't call him a dumb shit but he's like you're thick like you're not right he said even calico jack would get it like why is your subconscious talking to yourself crazy jesus christ but Hornigold's like, you know, this is the outcome. This is what you wanted. And it's like, why would I want this? Why would I want to talk to you? And he's like, hold on. He's like, yeah, I am you. You hate me. So, and I'm a subconscious of you. He's like, damn, I hate myself. Like, yeah, I love that. Self-realization. Self-actualization era. Wow. Love this episode. Ed is just like me for real. He is just like me for real. In the most derogatory sense possible. But yeah, the rope is attached to him. And the boulder that Horngold is holding. And he throws it off. So, of course, Ed falls. 
Um, this woman's work needle drop and the most heartbreaking scene in all of television history, probably. No, you guys don't get it. He wants to die, but he doesn't want to die. He realizes how he hurts himself and those around him, and he is right there on the ledge with the rope around him and a rock at the end, but he still doesn't want to jump. He's pushed, and he tries to swim up for air because he doesn't actually want to die. He just wants to feel not like this anymore. This show has some of the most accurate depiction of depression and suicidal ideation I've ever seen. Like, they really did their research here. As he's struggling to untie the rope on him and swim up for air, it's like he realizes how permanent death is. And the other scene that reminded me of this is Secretariat's poem from The View from Halfway Down, that episode that's the episode before the series finale of Bojack Horseman. That's what it reminded me of. I just had an oh crap realization. The rope is that's pulling him down and Ed killing his dad, like, rope. Hello, he killed his dad with rope, strangled him with a rope. That's got to mean something, right? Something, something, childhood trauma and guilt Ed feels from killing his dad still haunts him. Even in his dreams where he's being killed, it's with rope because he thinks he deserves to be killed in the same way he killed that awful man. It's like he believes he's no better than Hornigold or his father. Or maybe I'm just reaching, I don't know. Ed wanting to live and swimming back up for air before Steed uncovers his face is so important because like he does want to live people being like oh he only wants to live for steed like not true he does want to live but steed encourages him to try you know what i mean and then he sees steed and the rope loosens as steed uncovers the towel from his face someone pointed out that ed lifting the blindfold from steed's eyes in episode nine of season one and steed lifting the cloth from ed's eyes kind of like wedding veils parallels this season just full of parallels. Like, they really did that for me. Steed saying, you nut, why'd you have to go and get yourself killed? Breeze Darby, why do you hurt me this way? He's acting down, but damn. But yeah, Steed lifts the towel from Ed's face and Ed sees the light. And he sees the mermaid. Mm. Taika Khan and Reese must be fine for the extra 50 cents in their pay. Because they're acting down this season. Steed begging Ed to come back, saying he'll never leave him again, and asking him to come back to him specifically. Oh, and the mermaid, that mermaid looked crazy. Like, it looks good, but still, like, damn. I think it was Duke that was like, oh, why they have to have him look in the camera? Like, ooh, that threw me out a little bit. Ed's hand starts shaking in real life, and Steed holds it. He's like, come back to me, begging him. And then, when Ed squeezes his hand back, god i would have cried but i'm not an easy cryer but still um and his eyes opening up again and the glow in disney princess eyes versus the first time we see him in this season you know because the first time we see ed it's just his eyes and the way they're so void of life and will to live but then when he opens his eyes this time in this episode and they're literally glowing like wow taika does that naturally with his eyes by the way source trust me the post credit scene of the light above the water, they ate that. Like, okay, maybe this is one of the best episodes of the season or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, that was this episode. Me talking about episode three. Thank you for tuning in. Go follow me on Twitter at Mrs. Teach, capital M-R-S-T, number three, A-C-H. And on Tumblr, Lottie Matthews, CEO, all lowercase L-O-T-T-I-E-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S-C-E-O. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Bye.